Welcome, everybody, to episode 20. If you've made it this long, we're asking why. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we've made it through 20 episodes, and today our topic is going to be uh, early season flies for wild fish. We talked about stocked fish last week. Going to talk about some wild fish this week. And uh, before we get started, make sure that you check out all of our gear at www.versionfly.com. We uh, appreciate you guys uh, checking everything out there. Uh, buying some of our gear, seeing us expanding, um, just a little bit of insight, some things that we probably have going on here in the next couple of weeks is a ton of new flies. Um, we've gone from ordering, I don't know, an average order two years ago might have been 15,000, maybe 20,000 flies at a time. Um, we've ordered about 200,000 flies in the last six months to up our inventory, add some new patterns, and make sure we're keeping up with the demand of all of you guys who absolutely love them. So, flies start at 99 cents. If you do a half dozen of one specific pattern, which will pop up on the website there, get a little bit of a discount too. So, um, you usually get um, about half off of one fly, sometimes a little bit more than that. But anyways... Uh, we appreciate you guys checking out this podcast today. We're talk talking today about uh, early season flies for wild trout. So here in Pennsylvania, uh, we actually have the most stream miles of any state next to the state of Alaska, uh, mainly because we have all of these small, what some people would call mountain systems. Out west, you guys would call them just, you know, big hills. Um, but all of them have a lot of uh, drainage with uh, great cool water through there, and that creates a lot of trout water here in Pennsylvania. Um, so if you're looking for a destination out east here, Pennsylvania is a phenomenal option. We've got uh, spring stone free or spring spring fed freestone and uh, limestone influence streams here, which can vary drastically from one to the next. Um, our state fish is the brook trout or char. And we have a ton of those all across the state. Um, we have a bunch of wild brown trout streams around here. And there's actually a few streams, if you know where to look, that have wild rainbow uh, streams. So, if you're looking for wild fish, come out to Pennsylvania. I have fished uh, wild trout in several other states as well. Um, so we know they're out there, um, but we got to figure out how to go catch them. So, early season, um, you've got uh, a couple different things that I think really... Uh, go into your fly selection. Uh, one that I really explain a lot to people is the size of the insects that are in the stream. So we're sitting here, by the time this comes out, it's probably the first couple weeks into April. Um, we might have uh, a couple local hatches. Um, some of the quill bodies, your blue quills, black quills, quill gardens, um, Hendrickson's, and then uh, some of the early brown and black stone flies. Um, so those are about the only things that are really going to be popping with the anticipation of the granum caddis happening um, very soon afterwards. Um, so uh, all those other bugs that are going to be happening in May and June, um, and this really goes into effect even earlier season, um, I would say February and March, is a lot of these bugs are significantly smaller because they haven't reached... Um, their full size capacity. So just like snakes shed their skin, uh, these aquatic insects also go through what's called an instar process, which they shed their exoskeleton. Um, they average five to seven times through this process, and each time that they grow, 
um, they uh, shuck their exoskeleton and get a little bit bigger. So uh, seeing that we're getting closer to them hatching, uh, we also need to realize that they're not at their full size capacity. So if you've got an insect, let's say your early season sulfurs that might be a size, let's say 16, um, that are hatching in May, those sulfur nymphs here in March and April might be at 20, 22, 24 right now. Um, so my best tip going forward um, here in the beginning is start small. So even though those mayflies or mayflies, throw some midge patterns out there. Um, so start small with some midge patterns. That is your fly tip number one. Um, zebra midges, RS2s, um, jujubatus, um, some of the other really tiny flies out there uh, that can do really, really well as, uh, as a small fly imitation. So start small and move up from there. So I would uh, incorporate all of those small um, midge imitations for nymphs um, as one of the early season go-to flies. Not because there are midges, because eh, there are midges out there, um, but because of the size of the flies. Now, if you want to throw a small imitation like a um, blue-winged olive in a size 20 or 22, you might see some blue-winged olives no matter where you are, um, but make sure that uh, those smaller flies will probably hook into a decent amount of fish in your wild trout streams first. The next thing you have to think about is we've got water temperature rising. So these temps coming from winter months where some of these streams may have been literally frozen over um, or at least a bunch of ice and snow on, this, on the banks, um, this water temperature is low. These fish are cold-blooded rather than warm-blooded, so they're going to react to the temperatures of their environment rather than us as warm-blooded, which we always kind of need a consistent temperature to stay warm. So as this water temperature is rising, so is their metabolism. Um, so they might be able to survive over the winter months with a lower metabolism and um, not eating as much. So once that water temperature rises and their metabolism is going up, uh, they might need some larger meals. So the next thing we're going to talk about um, is actually throwing some larger flies into the mix. So around here, I would say one of the top big flies that should be used in, in your box is some sort of sculpin pattern. Uh, sculpin is a freshwater fish um, that kind of hugs the bottom and is a big uh, forage base for a lot of wild trout out there, especially brown trout. Um, so these can range in coloration from brown to olive to black, um, and all three of those are um, things that need to be in your box. Uh, they have a very large head um, that tapers into a smaller tail. So think of more of like a tadpole shape than a minnow shape. Um, with a round head and more of a streamlined tail from there. Um, so adding patterns like um, a slump buster, which has that extra wrap of um, crosscut sonker right behind the, the cone um, to give it more of a bulkier look. There are specific um, uh, patterns out there for the sculpins too. So you've got some that have the uh, sculpin heads on them, um, that are specifically designed to get that that flat wide profile um, or even um, make sure when you're tying your willy buggers you've got your saddle hackle with the uh, longer fibers towards the eye of the hook and the thinner fibers towards the back um, and it's for that reason too to create a bigger head on that fly too. 
Um, so, yes, so we've got two flies so far. We've got our midges because of the uh, size of the actual insects, and then we've got a bigger forage base in terms of um, bait fish, especially sculpins, um, because the water temperature is rising up. Next one I would say is you've got a lot of other fish that are spawning in the streams this time of year. Uh, I know Lake Erie, um, just from some reports recently, that uh, a couple weeks ago the sucker started to coming in. Uh, started coming in, and then the smallmouth bass will actually follow soon after that. So you've got a lot of steelhead in the system that are either dropping back from the fall or coming fresh in from the spring, and um, even some brown trout as well. And then they've got a great new natural forage base of uh, sucker eggs. So your sucker spawns, your crystal meths, your individual eggs like glow bugs um, are going to provide a great natural um, food source for these fish um, in your local trout streams as well. So you've got to make sure that you are matching the hatch with that as well. And eggs are a huge source of protein for a lot of fish out there. Talked last week about how rainbows love them, um, but... A lot of times you can walk your wild trout streams this time of year, see some paired up suckers and other spawning fish, and you're going to see some trout hovering right behind them, um, getting ready to take them. So um, be prepared with any sort of egg pattern. Um, I like the sucker spawn for this time of year because that's really what's in a lot of creeks around here. Uh, the sucker spawn pattern actually looks like just a clump of eggs rather than individuals because that's how they come out. Um, so it's a good idea to do that. I uh, particularly like colors in the cream, yellow, light orange um, coloration uh, to match the sucker spawn. So after we're moving forward from there, so we've got uh, just some things that uh, you want to try to match as best as possible. And then we've got the absolute specific matches too. So we're getting into the hatch matching phase. So I've already mentioned some of those early season hatches that you're going to see around here. Your black and brown stoneflies, your Hendrickson's, um, your quill bodies, uh, blacks, blues, um, quill gordons. Um, make sure that you have some of those. And then also on top of that, your blue-winged olives. Um, blue-winged olives are known for dreary days, which we see a lot of in Pennsylvania. Um, looking outside, and it's a dreary day today. Um, I would say anywhere ranging from size 16 would be probably the biggest blue-winged olive you're going to see, down to 20s and 22s, um, are a good range to have. Make sure that you have the whole range of um, life cycles, too. So you've got an emerger, you've got um, your catskill or parachute, whenever you like to fish. Um, I prefer catskill in faster water, parachute in slower. Um, and, and then make sure you have your spinners. I would say, and this is a whole new podcast down the road, um, the biggest thing that most fly fishermen miss, especially if you're new into it, um, is staying late enough and having the spinner falls in the evening um, or having a spinner fall in the middle of the day, which happens here and there, and not being prepared with the right pattern. Um, so we've got our hatch matchers for this time of year. Um, on top of that, um, don't be afraid to throw some dry droppers too. So you've got um, some of these smaller flies that we talked about earlier with your midge patterns. Uh, don't be able to throw, don't be afraid to throw that under um, a humpy uh, stimulator, a parachute atoms, uh, something like that that's going to be able to let you 
naturally drift some of those smaller flies. Um, but it still wouldn't surprise me if some of these fish are getting opportunistic as the season's coming around. Like I said, the water temperature's rising, their metabolism's going up. Um, they really need to feed a little bit more. And they might take a dry fly, even on something that's not really hatching right now, um, but because of uh, the opportunity of having a, a nice meal sitting there for them. Um, so we've covered all the bases that I wanted to cover today. So make sure that you've got some small flies because of the size of the bugs that are actually in the system right now. You're not going to see a size uh, 14 March brown because um, they're still about a month or two away from hatching, depending on your time of year and when this podcast is actually hitting. And uh, make sure you're going a little smaller. Match the natural hatch of some of the forage bases in the streams with eggs and then some of the bigger meals that they're going to want to try to gobble up in some bait fish and streamer patterns. Um, look for your hatch matchers, so the early season hatches. I uh, mentioned a handful that are around here, but uh, pull into your local fly shop, pull a hatch chart, um, talk to some other local anglers, see what's hatching here in the near future, make sure that you're ready for them. And then don't be afraid to throw that dry dropper out there too. You might be surprised as to how many times you use that dry. It's just an indicator and a fish actually takes it this time of year. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed that. We've covered a lot of our basis right now through last week with our stock trout flies. And then we've got our wild trout flies this week. Hope you guys have enjoyed that. Many of the patterns that we spoke about in both of these videos are available available on our website. You can get them for as little as $5.50 for a half dozen or $0.99 cents a piece. Um, so go ahead and check those out on the website. You can pull up the link um, under www.risenfly.com. Check out the top tab. Drag down to flies. We actually have them sorted even to nymphs, dries, tungsten beads, brass beads, saltwater, streamers, um, all of the above to kind of make it a little easier for you to find everything. And we are adding a ton of inventory to all the flies. So if you see something out of stock, it's coming soon. And then we're going to plan on adding some more patterns throughout the year as well. Hope you guys enjoyed the video, or the, not the video, the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode 20. So thank you guys for lasting this long. We've got some more stuff coming. And then throughout the spring, we're actually going to um, do some other um, interviews with other people. So you won't just have to listen to me all the time and uh, have some great content for you guys here in the future. Have a great day. We will see you next week.